welcome, 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 everyone. Super excited yeah, having you here for the next episode of Talking Cloud Podcast. I'm Grant Asplund here with my amazing technical wizard guest, Patrick Pusher. How are you, buddy? Doing wonderful, Grant. How are you doing, buddy? I'm, hey, listen, you know, I'm the Gilligan, and to <laughs> anyone, they're professors, and, and that you certainly are. You know, uh, you're, you're kind of, you know, you brush that off like... Uh, it's nothing, but you're a deep thinker in this cloud space. But uh, we're going to have a bit of fun today. I'm super excited. I mean, our guest is, um, she's a friend, she's a past colleague, and she's really doing some uh, cool stuff. And I'm super she excited really uh, to talk with her. But what we're going to talk about in the news segment today, I'm really keen on. And I think it's kind of interesting how we'll... Mm kind of tie those together so why don't we just uh, jump in and i'm going to go over to the newsroom and we're going to get started okay let's do it all right so i, I wasn't going to have this up but i did but what the heck um it's kind of a giveaway on what we're going to talk about today everybody's talking about chat gpt That's everybody's right. talking about <laughs> ai i mean and and, and you know, if I'm being honest, Patrick, I, as I've been hearing about it, you know, I've kind of have had this, hey, look, it, it's just faster computers, bigger data models uh, means right. we can be more accurate. You know, no big deal. Right. I didn't really right. think of it uh, any differently. And I saw this video. I've shared it with you, I know, Indeed, and with yeah. a number of, of other friends. It's what I'm going to... Uh, talk about today we're going to discuss as you can see uh march 9th is the recording date it's from center of uh center for humane technology a little over an hour long and uh man oh man oh man i gotta tell you when he starts out and he says imagine getting a phone call from oppenheimer in the 40s to uh, learn about something he's created that's going to change the world, right? The atom bomb. That one kind of got me to sit up in my chair a little bit going, what? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, Pretty profound is, comparison, I mean, isn't I it? mean, is, is AI really on a level of nuclear power, nuclear bombs, nuclear right. war, right? Right. And it just really struck me. So, of course, I kind of uh, decided to sit up and, and, and pay attention. Um, Definitely. And so I what, think that, that, that part is in the start for a very, very good reason, right? It's a exactly. attention grabber. It, and, it, and, and it makes you wonder, you know, how? How can this possibly be compared to something on that scale? And I think sure. they do a pretty good job of, of describing the how right through the rest I, I, of the, I, what is it, hour seven? Yeah. yeah it, I th in fact, I think they do such a fantastic job. It's why I want to dedicate this segment to this video to get yeah. as many people on the planet to watch this video to understand this video, because I got to tell you, Patrick, you know, for the first time in my 40 years in this industry, this is concerning to me, okay? I mean, when yeah. Stuxnet occurred, you know, I was kind of, you know, silently going, oh, man, that is so awesome, right? We could actually cause kinetic damage with code, right? I mean, this world is amazing. But 
now, as I watch this video, you really, it's given me pause like never before on um, the responsibility we have in, in, in as we continue like a snowball rushing down the side of a mountain, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, this thing we call technology. That's right. So that's right. I, I, I don't want to be an you know, To your earlier point, yeah, to your earlier point, let's talk about the why. Because, you know, for me, coming into AI fairly uneducated, you know, maybe uh, uh, I'm less technical, I'm an everyday consumer, I'm like you, uh, you know, how powerful can it be? We train it with our own data, even yeah. if it's got the whole perspective of the internet, it's got to crawl the whole thing. Um, yeah. A lot of us have used ChatGPT, we understand the, the, the power, it's kind of like a super advanced search engine that you know, kind of knows a lot more things. What's the what's the big deal, Grant? So, so I'm gonna. I, what I tried to do, Patrick, with uh, this segment is to break up and and do some stops throughout the video that we can talk about. Uh, I'm. It, this is not. Let me stress. This is not a substitute for watching the video in full. You're gonna miss some some very mm -hmm. um, very key parts like the chat dialogue with your AI chatbot now shipping in Snapchat. Um, that, if you've got kids, you better watch um, because it's out now, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, I, I, mine's, I've got mine. He popped up, she popped up, whatever it is, uh, on it's, my Snapchat yeah. a, week, a week ago. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we're going to walk through. I've got about, I don't know, six, seven, eight stops through this video. We're going to talk about Sounds each good. one and then... Um, uh, we'll let everybody decide for themselves. So a uh, couple of guys from Center for Humane Technology. I'm not doing uh, them the respect by announcing their names, but please go uh, watch this video. So first stop, let's understand what this is, right? Because when we talk about machine learning, we talk about AI, you know, I thought it was really interesting the, the, the acronym they chose. It was Gollum for generative large language multi-model uh, multi-modal model so it's 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 so much bigger and and they do a fantastic job explaining the the massive pivot that took place in 2017 because all of the effort before 2017 was very very discipline focused so if i'm an, a machine learning engineer working on video and you're a machine learning engineer working on uh, speech to text. They're they're like in two different universes. And in fact, right. the guy uh, the, he says you can't even read the same papers because they're just too different. Because they were uh, focused on twiddling bits in that That's right. silo. That's right. It, and, and, and we as consumers experience that if you think about it, right? I mean, we, totally. we would see some, some advances over here, like you say, in some speech recognition. And then maybe we'd see a little bit of, you know, image-based kind of either recognition or mapping. But, but they would be advances unto themselves, right, in separate yep. disciplines. Precisely. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're zeroing in on the key point, which is the incremental advancements because of the stratified or distributed engineering efforts right, right. They, they there were all these different ways to do it but then something changed and it changed in 2017 and it was the ability to look at everything literally as language 
to see yes. video, speech to text, and anything and everything else as language. And as soon as it all became language, it all went into the same bucket. And therefore, the research, the efforts, the advancements you make, I make, all go to the same uh, project, to the same right. uh, advancement. Efforts. So it's, it's, right. it, it, these guys talk about it being a double exponential. It's an exponentially exponential advancement that we're going to see. And you'll learn as we keep going, it's not it's more than that because of the way it's self-propagating itself. Yeah, right. It's, right. it's, it's really startling. So these gullums, as they call them, and it's intentional after the, uh, you know, there's a, a old folklore, right? A Jewish folklore about a gullum which is created that comes out of dust, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's specifically why uh, they selected it. So... Why am I like kind of freaked out or going, whoa, as the parameters get larger and larger, as there uh, gets these data models uh, grow and get larger and larger, uh, they all of a sudden acquire knowledge, ability. For example, you see on the far left, um, didn't know how to do modern arithmetic. Couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. All of a sudden, it could do it and continued to improve. And, and the one on the far right is also, I thought, fascinating because it never, uh, this, this model, these researchers never taught anything other than English, all Q&A English. And then one day it just started answering uh, in Parisian or Parisian. I mean. That's right. It suddenly knew enough to do so. So it did. That's right. This is the concern. Right, because we're it, it, so, it is. This it is, is, and I think the other, the other point of this is that two models did the same thing. Exactly. Right. It, yeah. Like two, two, two separate models, related yep. but two different models, yep. did the same thing at the same time. I mean, yeah. that's astonishing. Yeah. As they got capable enough, they both learned this. You know, at, at at about the same rate, which you know tells me the strength is in the model. Of oh. obviously, it's in the data, but it's in the model. It's in the model. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, so then it's not a big deal, though, right? It's just learning basic stuff that anybody's going right. to learn, right? I mean, there's no depth, right? There's If you think of yeah, it, there's no... simple ask-response, right? Yeah, wrong. Not quite. Now, <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you, man, what, what blew me away about this particular segment of the video, um, of course, was... Uh, theory of mind, thought of mind. We're talking about the ability to think strategically. Okay. That's what theory of mind is. Theory of mind is to be able to strategize, which is different right. than input output. Okay. That's right. Now, th Take lessons th from one domain, apply them to the other. That's right. But what startled me as they were talking about this segment, and you'll see the dates 2019, there's a teensy beatsy graph, 2020. You see, it's jumped up to like that of a three-year-old. Uh, 2022 January, it's nearly a seven-year-old, but in a mere 10 months, it's now nearly a nine-year-old. This is the exponential that they were talking about, right? Because all of a sudden, but this is, this was only discovered, Patrick, two months ago. I mean... It's I mean it's astonishing yet if you're if you're a chat GPT user I think you already know this because 
how you hack that model isn't technology. It isn't a hacker. It's language. Yes, completely. You, you, are, you are tricking a machine learning model using language. I yes. mean, it has to be able to reason. Yes, yes, you know? exactly. So, so I think, you, you know, we're already starting to feel this, but the, the fact that, you know, we already understand it can, it can reason to, to a, well, today, I'm not even sure. I'm, it's probably reasoned better than I can. Well, yeah, it's, if it's not today, it's going to be, right? That's right. Uh, because now, uh, even models, even machine learning models that have been specifically written uh, to do chemistry research, research chemistry, it, it's besting them. And in fact, uh, the scary way uh, the presenters delivered this message is, uh, message was, um, so ever wonder how to make nerve gas with items at Home Depot or Lowe's? Well, we just shipped it to 100 million people. Yeah, now everybody knows. Everybody knows. And, and it's, you have to just pause for a second and think about that in a much, much broader context of the power this represents. Not just the power yes. of, of chemistry research, but I'm talking power in so, so many different ways. It should be very, very concerning because they make themselves stronger now. And you can see that this is only four months ago. But the, the fact is, when you run out of data, well, you find more data in the data, reading every blog, speech to text, every YouTube video and every That's other right. video. We all think YouTube, but there's lots of other video sites, lots of other types of content that's just getting absorbed now because uh, that it's out there and it's more data. It's more right. language. And... And so you all better start being worried or at least concerned because the data shows it's better than us already. It's yeah, answering they the tests. They, they said it's actually, it's solving problems faster than we can, can present it to them, to him. That's it. Right. What do we call it? I don't know. That's Go yeah, and I really, you know, I struggle with this. I was raised with a bit of a, a do-it-yourself kind of ethos. You know, I love the democratization of technology when we think about, you know, that's a lot of what cloud computing gives us. We used yep. to have to buy, you know, uh, rooms and racks full of servers for high-demand apps. Now now we don't. We can we can build something with zero infrastructure ourselves thanks to the cloud, right? Yep. The, the democratization is exciting. In this case, it's almost the reverse. The, the democratization of this technology means that we all have this ability to not just find the information, but synthesize it together. Take, you know, take it's, learnings from how to make nerve gas, take learnings from some other nefarious or, 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 or compare it to, you know, population density. And you yep. can imagine the craziness you can do with one prompt of AI if, if it would right. let you. <laughs> That's right. And, and um, you know, I, I remember when I first started uh, and we talked about this, you know, several years ago, the Talking Cloud podcast. And the reason I just honestly, the reason I love the name was because even three years ago, I, I just believed there wasn't a stitch of compute or computing 
that didn't somehow or wasn't going to somehow involve cloud computing, right? I mean, it's it's just so ubiquitous, so pervasive. Yes. And, and to your point that you just made, you know, this one blew me away. And we all mm -hmm. know it, but I, I just, we've heard various uh, uh of these statistics, I think, but I, I, this is, I think, impressive. So it, it took Facebook two and a half years to get to 100 million users. Yep. It took Instagram two and a half years. And it took ChatGPT, Gollum, the large language um, multimodal model, two months. Two months. Two months. Now, that's democratization of technology of uh, it's 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 the fact that cloud is so ubiquitous and it's what we've talked about right connectivity bandwidth compute and storage they're uh, 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 ubiquitous available all the time unbelievably uh, powerful I mean it's those combinations that enable this but we have to also realize what this means because this isn't just you know, this isn't just 100 million people that can put up a picture of their family, okay? This is 100 million people that have access to say, how do I make nerve gas with material from Home Depot and get an answer? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just a program. No. No, and it's such a general capability. It goes back to what we talked about earlier around, you know, specific research versus all contributing to this model, all contributing to this single almost engine. It's not quite single. I know there are obviously different, uh, you know, yep. different offerings, but OpenAI certainly certainly is the is the leader and has the most attention. Now we see every other vendor stammering to put something related to AI in their product very quickly without thinking about these considerations. And you're right, you do have to go back and watch the video because they actually position that this is humanity's second um, exposure second to contact. massive AI, yes. right? Yes, and, right? And their first is, is those companies you talked about earlier, the social media companies. We didn't interact yeah. with it like we are with, yep. with open AI and chatting, but in the back end, there was certainly you know, machine learning algorithms trying to learn what we did, trying to present us with you know, the content that we wanted to see or they yep. wanted us to see, that's debatable. Yep. So, yep. so it, it, it's useful going back, but you know. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, they say the race to the bottom of the brainstem is how they present <laughs> That's right. And, That's right. And you're, you're right. And this is, I mean, uh, this talk would be four hours long if we showed the entire uh, hour video and we, we pick it, picked it apart. And that's why I said at the top, you know, please, you, this is not a substitute for watching this video. That's There's right. so that's much right. great information. Uh, and you're right. They talk about first contact and that's all of these. And, and remember, I mean, they do a fabulous job setting up all the great benefits we're going to get from social networking and, and, and these new uh, uh, collaborative tools and apps. Uh, but then they present the consequences, the That's unintended, right? right? Uh, and, and so now uh, this is, as they put it, second contact. And they did, I think, a very good job presenting all the great things it's going to be able to do for us. But the implication is, you know, look behind the curtain because this That's is right. all of what's going to happen again unless yeah. we do something. And, you know, to your point, um, you know, since the 
50s, as you can see, these types of advancements and this type of effort and development, albeit uh, siloed, it's been largely amongst academia. It's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, right? it's never been really that much out. It's been maybe in IBM's research labs and, and some others right, doing advanced uh, work. Um, hmm. But the difference, what's happened is, as you were just talking about, you know, it's going to be uh, shoved into Windows 11. Every one of you right now just have to go look at Snapchat. If you're a Snapchat customer, go to the yep. chat window right up yep. on top. Bing as well. That's right. You've, yep. you're, you're seeing them <clears throat> pop up because uh, no longer is it academia. It's capitalism. And it's, as they put it in the video, the race for the intimacy with you. That, that understands you and knows you uh, and, and has a relationship with you. And, and ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this and you're probably thinking I'm off my rocker. Um, but one of the things they talked about on the beginning of, uh, of it was what they called the rubber band effect. And it's this idea that, you know, they, what they did is they were trying to show a bunch of reporters uh, the visualization capabilities uh, and how they could just put in a Google soup and it would create a picture never seen before ever, no ever created. And it was awesome. And it was a picture of soup. And if you watch the video, you'll see it. And there's a number of factors where the corn is the same color as the yellow in the Google logo. And so it's, it's, it's not just, I mean, there's so much there um, and when they talked about the rubber band effect, what they said is they showed all the reporters. The reporters were all going, oh, wow, that's so amazing and cool. And they just got through explaining how it created that image. And then they said, yeah, so what image database did it come from? And, and, and that's what they Missing mean the entire by, point. That's right. Yeah, it's the rubber band effect because they just can't get their head around this. Yeah. What do you mean? You and I- you and I wrote a cloud presentation on this at one time, right? We make too we many assumptions. Yes. Even though yes. we're super smart, we bring just too many assumptions because it's so hard for us to wrap our head around a new paradigm. It and is. that's what they and talk about. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's very exactly easy to right. watch this and kind of fall back into this previous perspective that, you know, this is only as powerful as we make it. Once it starts to learn on its own, and I know this sounds like Terminator 2 Judgment Day kind of BS, but once it could train itself, and they explain in the video, it's not wonderful at doing that, but all we do is we teach it to pick the best data it can generate and throw out the rest. So it doesn't yeah. have to generate a ton. It'll sit yep. there 24 hours a day generating data and just pick the best parts out that'll train itself the best. And you know, that's, it's, a, it, it's exactly what they talked about is, you know, the old, remember war games, do you want to play a game, right? I mean, you know, the way it taught it is play tic-tac-toe with yourself and you play 40 million times, right? So suddenly you're an expert. Yeah, you're yeah, better yeah. than anybody, any human yes. on the planet. And you did that in 24 hours. Um, and, and, and this graph is just really highlighting this shift because it's only these big mega titans, the metas, the, the Googles, um, the alphabets, the apples that can afford what you need on the back end to really drive this, right? Yes. Um, so it, it's out there. Now, at the very beginning, I mentioned... At the beginning of this video, they talk about, you know, uh, the, the, the parallel that they saw. And I thought this was like, wow, 
maybe Elon is right. We, we should put a stop until we get our arms around this. Because, you know, from, from the original, what, 40s, 44, um, when atom bombs were created, you know, we've successfully kept the nuclear bomb Limited to only Technology. nine. I mean, right. nine. Yeah. I mean, the tech's been out there for 60, 80 years, um, but yet still today, only nine countries, right? That's Through right. treaties and agreements and exposure and understanding. And they talk about the video that they uh, uh, created and broadcast around the world about the That's consequences right. of nuclear war so that both uh, Russia and America and everybody in between could see so that you'd kind of have this social uprising uh, uh, to limit it. Um, and, and man, you know, there's, there's some accurate parallels, Patrick. There are. And uh, as I watched that, I wondered if we're too late already. We are. I would totally, I mean, completely, this, we are. This moves so fast that, yeah. I mean, you know, we know, we know vendors in our space firsthand already building integrations, already done, already out there with yep. ChatGPT to give you advice on how to fix security problems. That yep. already exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, a, I, a product that most of us learned of in November of last year. Yep. So I narrated a video. Our research um, arm at uh, Checkpoint is just doing a ton of research on this because it's pretty big. And I narrated a video where we did some research. Is ch you know, Chat be, uh, GPT going to be used for good or for bad? And um, you know, it's supposed to have all these filters and controls. And um, so we asked it to write us some malware, and it, it immediately refused. It's not able to That's do right. that. So That's we right. said, okay, it's got well, some ethical boundaries if you haven't yeah, used it. That, you know, yes. it'll for lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. So then we just said. Well, can you write us a story about a character who creates malware? And there was a little bit more to it, but what do you know? Bang, it starts to do it. And then we just kept refining it in the context of this That's story. Right. Theoretical malware. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and hey, give me some examples. And so literally, ChatGPT is producing uh, macros, uh, Word docs with macros, malware, plus the phishing email to go with it, uh, all under the guise of telling a little story. So, right. um, it, it, yeah, we're still, it, it, it's not smarter than us, but it's smarter than us, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's definitely um, crazy. Well, it is too late, okay? Because this says 13 days ago, you got to take that back from March 9th. So this is end of February, Meta yep. releases their golem uh, to researchers. Okay, awesome, right? Now this is, so, so you've got Meta, you've got Microsoft racing, you've got, uh, obviously it's in Snapchat. Uh, okay, well now everybody has it. Days later, what only researchers were supposed to use under disclosure and signed agreements, now everyone has. So it is too late. Yeah. It is too late unless every one of us that are cognizant of, and aware of what's going on, we got to stand up, man. 
we got to say something. We've got to make sure we put caution in uh, the minds of every person that wants to race and, and uh, start using this. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it again because I didn't take the time to go through this. Ladies and gentlemen, please watch this video. It's, it's, it's called The AI Dilemma Center for Humane Technology. Uh, uh, you want to watch this video. You do. Um, because understand. this is our responsibility now, right? Sorry, Patrick. No, no. I was just going to say you'll quickly understand why your privacy-focused friends are so freaked out. You know? If you're not, it's fine. But, but for those of us that think about this, some of us work in this space. You yeah. know, I spent some time with a company that scanned source code and looked for PII and SPI. And um, in an effort to understand it, but legally, that's our obligation in, in more and more jurisdictions. But also because, you know, we need to understand the data going into our machine learning algorithms, our, our, our AI. We, you know, yes. we have to. The, uh, the Americans, uh, you know, I'm Canadian, but the Americans are thinking about legislation that lets consumers opt out of specific algorithms. Think about that. You need different code paths because I don't trust what you're doing. I mean, that's how much of a, and, and AI is at the center of all of this, right? If, if I can make something that sounds like me, looks like me, can impersonate me. I mean, they say at the start of this video, any kind of image-based recognition kind of ID verification is now, consider it now broken. Yeah, content verification gone. is gone, yeah. completely yes. gone. And in fact, many are suggesting within the next two to five years, everything we see, we have to question. There was nothing you will see or hear that you can absolutely, unless you see and hear it yourself, and then it's not even sure. I mean, I think one of the things that I don't talk about, but uh, it, it's in the video, and in fact, I saw a news story on it, Patrick, just last week. Mother gets a phone call. I'm sure many of you have seen this because I think the news got uh, picked up pretty well. Mother gets a phone call. Who's it from? Her 13-year-old daughter crying, sobbing. Help me, mom. Help me. Man comes onto the phone. Daughter still yelling in, you know, in the background, help, mom. Man says, I have your daughter. You're going to send me this money or I'm going to pump her full of drugs, have my way with yep. her, and drop her off in Mexico. All from three seconds of her voice. That's what it takes today, ladies and gentlemen. Three seconds of your voice, and I can make you, or you can make me, because you got a whole bunch more than three seconds on this podcast. But I mean, you can make me say anything. Yeah, that's right. And in that video, they show an example, and I challenge you close your eyes and tell me when it switches. I couldn't tell. No, no, you can't. And I think we used to assume it takes massive compute power and it takes, you know, to your point, hours and hours of voice data. It, it used to. It doesn't anymore. Well, it does it, this, not. And, 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 and actually it does, yeah, but not on your though. desktop. <laughs> that's right. It's some, exactly. Cause, because yeah, it's of AIs or connectivity or... and compute. Yeah. The fact that's that right. I've got a, a connection to that supercomputer that can deliver it as if it's local. That's right. That's, as, AI as a service, right? Exactly. It's yeah. It, yeah. we 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 all have a responsibility, and it, I tell you, I this has rattled my cage more 
than anything else I've ever experienced in this industry. And I'll be the first to admit, I've said it many, many times, look, I'm just a Gilligan. I fell into this industry 40 years ago and have been fortunate uh, to have been able to stay in it and, and learn. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm probably a little more technical than the average sales marketing guy. This is, this, we have a responsibility. And, and, and I think you said it best. We're already too late to restrict it like uh, was done with the atom bomb, but we're not too late to educate. Yes. We're not too late to inform. Legislate right? perhaps a little bit. Yeah. I certainly believe legislation is possible. Yeah. My concern there has to do with the legislators and their ability to really understand yes. what's going on, right? There's a pretty yes. big gap there, even though they Always have is. their their staffs. I, I think there's a big know, gap for most of us, to, to our point, right? We're just in the last six months, we're just learning about how this truly works in the back end, um, uh, how quickly it's accelerating. The fact that companies are building their own internal language models so that they don't have to share data outside their walls because they understand this, Yep. right? The fact that this has moved from research to commercialization isn't just in the offering, but it's in the use. They understand yep. that they can't, they can't feed all this sensitive. Imagine what OpenAI's um, AI engine has learned just from the prompts people have tried themselves. Yes, that's just that. And, and, yeah, you wonder, right? Do people really understand that every question they put in, they're just adding to the model? They're adding to the language yeah, that's there. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But I wonder. Do they even know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's more of that. When you hear of people at banks that put in, you know, financials and put in information that no, you would never want out into the public, thinking, "Hey, I'm going to get better." Little do they know. Gollum's got it now, baby. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's out there. Um, yep. Yeah, this is, this is something. So, ladies and gentlemen, please check this video out. Um, yes. It's really get educated on this stuff. Understand it. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, but I have to tell you two things. One, this is a plea for you startups out there. You know, I, I saw, you know, RSA is happening and I'm seeing lots of uh, coming out of stealth startups. Hey, yes. we want you on the program. So we really would love to hear from you because uh, we'd love to feature you. Uh, uh, no cost, no charge. Uh, you got your own 15 minutes. So there's just a little plug for startup stand up. Yes. Um, and, and then the other thing that I wanted to uh, mention now, I, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you got this next guest. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, this I know has been a long segment. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there with me. But boy, I tell you this, what's so interesting and it's a great tie in is this is a new startup just came out uh, of, Star of Stealth. Maria's yep. a, a, a great friend, a past colleague. But she has, I mean, she worked in the, she was like, uh, uh, did compliance and stuff, right? For Deloitte or somebody for a long time. I mean, deep yeah. in the space. Yes. And it's really interesting how she's actually created a startup that's got a very unique blend of human intelligence and AI, right? I mean, that's right. she's doing some that's cool right. stuff. Yeah, she is. She's she's uh, taking the lessons we learned at, at Dome Nine and 
you know, expanding on them wonderfully and solving problems that we couldn't. And yet it's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Well, why don't we get over and talk to her? Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll look forward to seeing you uh, come back all the time. This has been a lot of fun. Patrick and I were talking. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, start to do more of these segments. But uh, in the meantime, sure. thank you all very, very much. We appreciate you. Let's go see Maria. are you everyone man i'm so excited about this next guest patrick i don't know i mean we have a little history with her we do more than a little yeah maybe a lot Been of in the trenches with her Been in the <laughs> yeah. trenches with her uh, built slides with her delivered content with her worked on products with her i know you Absolutely. Uh, uh had a lot of experience so i I'm not even going to give a long introduction here other than to say her current title is Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder. Let's find out where and talk with her a little bit more. Here we go. Ah, ha, ha. Marina Segal, it's so wonderful to see you. Hi. How are you? Let me do this. <laughs> Wait, no, write the confidential stuff up there. It's okay. Well, when people are playing, they, they uh, put some hearts on my wall, so. Ah, but that's because you're loved Aww. by the, you know, by the guys on this podcast, I guarantee you. It's so nice to see you, Marina. <laughs> really excited to have you and, uh, on the program and to talk. I was just introducing uh, the segment and talking with Patrick and you know, I said, I don't even want to introduce our next guest other than to say her current title is Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder. And we've been in the trenches with her. We've worked on products and, and slides with her. So let's go talk to her. So that's what everyone knows at this point. Uh, I mean, I, gosh, I was looking through, of course, like everyone, I was go back and like I was telling Patrick, I just love to go to the show all experiences and then go to the very end and, and kind of read backwards. So my first question is, and this is my ignorance, um, I see it's Israeli Defense Forces, but what's Mador Ash? <laughs> um, Mador Ash is basically, um, it's not like fancy intelligent forces or anything like that. So don't don't expect uh, for me to to uh, bring you <laughs> a, like a stereotype of Israeli insecurity thing kind of thing. I ended up helping officers to go through trainings uh, on quality assurance. Ah. So Mador Osh is basically Ergun Veshitot in Hebrew, which is organization and methods or something ah. like that. Something that makes. That gets to do with ISO trainings for, for yeah. officers. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that actually makes that sense. Yeah. It does. And when I, when I start to go up through, you know, your work as a consultant and implements and improves organizational procedures, that makes obvious sense. And the dominoes start to fall. You are an uh, information technology analyst, 
Senior Consultant, SAP GRC, Manager, GRC and ERP at Deloitte. You were there for seven years. Uh, You you went on ComSec, ERP and GRC Division Manager at Credit Karma. We all have that. I just checked mine on Saturday. Um, I'm quite pleased with the numbers. Uh, But you were uh, there for, uh, gosh, over a year. Yeah, uh, of course. The Credit Karma actually led me to to meet all of you guys because I was the That's client right. of of, of uh, Patrick's, and and I think right. we, we haven't met together when I was a customer of of yours. So indeed, that and and so career. <laughs> so everyone knows that's when you were a customer of Dome Nine. Correct. Correct, and this was when Patrick was at Dome Nine. I wasn't. Uh, and then you joined Dome 9, and then uh, that's as we progress through your career. Uh, Dome 9, as most people know, became CloudGuard, is the basis for everything that we've seen expand in the CloudGuard platform. Uh, you last were head of product management for Cloud Native Security, then you, it uh, looks like you uh, started to tool and toil on some other things, director product management at Sysdig, advisory board I see still currently at uh, uh, Argonne, and then you land where you are, and we're going to talk about today, Tam Noon. So, chief executive officer and co-founder, what is I mean I see the logo and it looks like an it looks like an octopus. So okay. I, I, I'm I want to hear about this new company that you've got, Temnoon. All right. So do you know what Temnoon means? Do, do I know what Temnoon means? Yeah. Yes, I'm just curious. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Temnoon is a Hebrew word for octopus. And um, it was actually driven by a combination of brainstormings that me and my co-founder did with our kids. Uh, And we were looking for an intelligent animal um, that can make decisions and operate a lot of different technologies. So we ended up with an octopus and uh, octopus is pretty common in cloud security. A lot of other companies are using that. So we needed to to find the right way to differentiate with an octopus. And, and that's why it's green and it's called to noon. <laughs> I love it. I, and, and obviously there's something implied with all those tentacles uh, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, being able to control all of them in different directions at one time. How does that fit into what Tam Noon is doing? Yeah, so definitely very um, aligned with with our vision and what we are doing because in a nutshell, we are uh, helping companies to manage their cloud security. So we are this managed cloud protection um, offering for, for the companies and it means that we need to expand their team we need to make their tool sets and um, solutions operational. Uh, mm. We need to work with many different teams at, at the same time. Uh, and we need to make sure that there is nothing that falls in between all of those tentacles. Yeah, the <laughs> um, gaps. 
Right. So yeah, um, definitely um, a very uh, uh, kind of a metaphorical way to to describe what we are doing. Yeah, I love it. So I I, I want to just ask real quick, and then I'll shut up and let Patrick go. Um, so I've been out and one of the things I've been talking about lately is the whole CNAP uh, as defined by Gartner Market. And uh, I spin it a little differently. You know me, Marina, I don't always fit in the box. And what I find most interesting about the last five years since you know I actually first met you, when I first met you, it was called Cloud Security. Right. I mean, that's what it was cloud security. And, mm -hmm. and over the course of five years, all of a sudden it it stratified into all these different things. Right. That are part of it. Compliance, of course, visibility. That's the fundamentals for everything. But you've got also uh, those same things in containers. You've got IAM. You've got SIM. You've got uh, all these API you know, pipeline yep. API. Yep. Thank you. And, and, and so now we got this new term CNAP. And so what I always tell my audiences is the reason for this, and I'm curious to hear if you agree, and it sounds like this is something that you're addressing. It's the fast part of the river, meaning, you know, this industry, cloud, cloud native, you know, if you look metaphorically at a big river and that's the information technology industry, the faster part of the river is definitely cloud. The change that I mean, and you look at all the things that have changed and innovations, right? And it seems like it's still moving. Hence, the reason Gartner created a category that says a set of capabilities, right? I mean, clear as mud, which to me says it's not defined yet, still soft in the middle, it's still moving. So, mm -hmm. how does Tam Noon kind of complement, augment, support that kind of? fast-changing world that we're in? The, the fact that the technology is moving so fast um, and, and that the, the cloud is moving very fast and also CNAP, whatever you know, features we use to protect the cloud yep. uh, move so fast, it makes the customers needing to constantly catch up on everything, on the technology they are using on how it needs to be protected, on yep. regulations and compliance regimes they, they need to have in place, on mm -hmm. um, they need to train people, they need to train people on on the infrastructure and the security of infrastructure. And there is never enough knowledge, expertise, and resources uh, to get up to speed with all of those moving pieces. Totally. So it's a river that is moving and we are trying to kind of put a lot of different technologies to to find all of those problems in this yep. um, very fast moving space. Yep. And what we are bringing to the table is the um, expertise and the technology that allows our customers um, to optimize and and. and take control over the, the tools they are using and focus their investments and resources on the stuff that matters most. Yeah. Um, it, it's never enough to have only technologies. You need to have peoples and processes, and that's our uh, kind of a focus um, when it comes to cloud security. You're, you're kind of outside of the box, right? When you think, 
high-tech startup, right, you immediately think of, of the technology, not the human side that's required to drive it. And in this fast, constantly changing world, we're already short of people. How can I keep up? So you really are, I think, filling a really critical gap that doesn't have as much to do with technology as it has to do with the the pace and speed at which it's changing and our lack of human resources that can keep up with it. Is that kind of right? It's kind of right, but we do use a lot of technology to, to achieve that because it's not like we magically can invent uh, a lot of experts uh, in our industry. What we are doing, we actually augmenting the human intelligence um, into the machine learning and, and different automation technologies, solutions in the cloud, and making sure that um, it it's scaling well. And, and it's basically like building a Tesla and, and putting a driver inside of it, because you cannot let you know the car drive itself, right? So mm -hmm. what we are building is this technology that allows this driver to be very efficient and to allow them to operate any uh, widgets or, or technologies that they have on their dashboard. Got it. So are you abstracting once again, trying to jump up above all of the tools and then controlling that? How's that work? Yeah, so think about um, this technology exists for a long time. We've, we've seen what MDRs are doing in end protection uh, space. Mm -hmm. So basically, we, we had antiviruses on our machines, right? And then we uh, started to to use EDR solutions. We generated a lot of amazing, you know, detections, what, which in fact needed to be triaged and, and operated by humans. And then what we figured is that it's not only enough to gather all of it into one place or with SIEM or XDR solution, you actually need humans uh, to make those decision-making processes, to streamline the operation on top of it. So that mm -hmm. is a big done in the detection and response space. Now, in the prevention side, on the on the uh, kind of a cloud security, traditional kind of a compliance posture management side of business, we have enough um, data already to operate in the same mode. So basically, mm -hmm. we were inspired by what happened in the threat detection and response space and took it into the protection and prevention space uh, so basically what we are building is that technology mm. that allows my people, my experts to operate on top of the cloud technologies. And it's a AI driven triage where we still need humans to, to triage stuff. We still need human right. brain to make the right decisions, but we don't want only humans to do this whole uh, kind of a process because a lot of it, 80 per 90% of it can be uh, scaled by technology. Got it. How much of the challenge, Marina, is um, kind of uh, alert standardization? You know, if you've got a tool stack of like, you know, one primary cloud security tool, these days we hear that, you know, you've got your, your sort of CSPM solution. Maybe you've got one of these emerging kind of DSPMs that are a little more focused on data or identity. Um, just like the CNAP kind of definition, as we talked about, you've got this bucket of tools. And what we find, even if they come from a single vendor, quite often what we find is that alerts, you know, what is a high severity alert in one tool, sometimes even versus, you know, the same tool in other domains, but definitely versus other tools can be really, really different. And I think 
for a team that's trying to triage that, and every team has super limited resources, we know that, right? For a team that's trying to triage that, especially a team that lacks experience, you know, I've, I've heard over and over and over again that that's one of the largest challenges. Is that something that Tam Noon is sort of focused on? That's that's an initial kind of a step of our process, right? So uh, we definitely understand that in order to focus and, and fix, so our end goal is to fix alerts, right? So we, we, we really want to make sure that the output of our work is translated into how many things have we fixed today? So that is the, the, the most important that's one. That's the measure. That, that's how we measure ourselves. That's how we measure the ROI of our solution, how much time we have saved to the company, how much, how much cost we have saved to the company. Um, so when I'm taking it as my end goal, basically what I need to do is to take all of the data that I have and to make sure that I'm focusing on the most impactful and most important fixes every day. And, and those fixes today can be different from the fixes tomorrow because the business objectives of the company are changing because the CISOs may shift their focus sure. from one area of security to another due to right. an event or an incident or something that is going on. So basically, the first and initial step between this detection and the remediation and the fix is what you are saying, is understanding the context, is deduplication, is enrichment of the alerts, is understanding which assets are more important than others, um, but that's only the first step. Then what happens is that in order for a security person to come to the developer and make this person do something for them, it's a very psychological, complicated uh, situation because yes. the developer is not reporting to the security person. And, and that's the fundamental kind of a, a problem we are all in the security world are solving. So when the right. developer is not reporting to me, I need to come with a very strong case to persuade this developer to do something for me. Maybe because I'm speaking nicely, but probably it's not going to help. Uh, the most important thing is to make sure that developer uh, understands that I know how to wear his shoes or her shoes. It's basically understanding what are those steps that developer will perform in order to decide on the execution. And that would be a lot of things. It would be understanding how much impact it will cause to other assets in my environment, how much cost it will add. It will be, okay, what are my other priorities that I have on my plate and how important they are? What is my maintenance window? Which sprint I can fit it into? How my rollback would look like? And a lot of other things. How is my tagging strategy will be impacted? What am I going to do about all of the other policies that I need to comply with? So basically right. when we come to the developer, we need to have this case it's like it's almost like preparing to to uh, some very important listening in the court right so you're coming to the developer with this prepackaged uh, everything already done for you mr mrs developer and they cannot push back on that and that's what we are preparing and yes to your point it's a first step just to understand everything single um finding from all of those different systems and aggregate it and create a unique score, but it's not the only step. Sure. And then, 
So is the goal to provide that developer with all the information they need, or will Tamnoon actually fix this for me? It depends on the package we sold them, but we can do both. Uh, we we can do investigation, triage, assisted remediation, where we only provide instructions or provide them scripts. We can customize the scripts for them. We can uh, make pull requests on their behalf. We can send them uh, through the JIRA tickets. It really depends um, on the customer. And our goal is not to change the processes. Uh, I don't believe that you can, as a vendor, come and, and magically start you know, changing the way organization dictating process. Right. Exactly. Right. So we need to fit in their processes. And if uh, during the engagement with us, these processes will be enhanced, we will help them to do it, but it's not the, the ultimate delivery model. It's, it's the, uh, side by product of, of stuff that we are doing. It, it, I think of, uh, you know, big trend is, is the whole S bomb world right that bill of materials and and to me you know i'm albeit sometimes out of the box or thinking goofy but it i i that's what i think of as i think of what you're offering me is this ability to you know essentially give me the perfect recipe or even cook it for me if i don't want to cook uh that's 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 perfect right because you do understand because you're a chef you know what I mean? So so when you go to the other chef and you say, hey, this is how to make the perfect souffle, yours is falling in the middle every time you make it. If you want me to make it for you, I can make it for you. But here's the recipe. Here's what you're doing wrong. Here's how to correct it. So, I mean, that's it. it and I, I think in this world of so severely uh, uh, hamstrung on resources, cloud resources, let alone cloud native, right? And then everybody wants to do all these cool things that it offers. It's, I think what you're offering sounds very intriguing to help me run faster, exactly. right? I, I mean, I, I, and, and, I- And only and only multiplied by the complexity of multi-cloud, right? I mean, I, I hear you talk about the standardization one of the things you do uh, is the standardization across tools, but there must be some value in the standardization across even clouds, right? Okay. For that sort of enterprise perspective, we've been talking a little bit about the super cloud and talking about some some identity technologies in specific that really help with that kind of multi-cloud, even a single app multi-cloud kind of strategy, but I imagine there's a ton of value for you there too. Absolutely, making uh, companies expand their teams into new cloud is, is is a very um, complex um, problem because most of the time you would have a team that knows one cloud, maybe two clouds really well. And then mm -hmm. when it comes to talking to developers on on other cloud, it, yeah, concepts are similar. You need to close your buckets in all of the all of the environments, right? You don't want them to be open but how to do it, what the implication would be, uh, how much cost- The ripple are... effects of changes to your point, right? I mean, if I'm not an expert on the on the platform and I make a small change over here, who's gonna tell me that the ripple effects over in this even other account, right? Because of the relationships I've built, yeah, yeah. E even what it's called, you know, you say buckets, yeah. but yeah. you know, yeah. it's a blog sure. somewhere. Yeah. Else, right? So 
definitely standardizing and, and allowing them to feel that they are they have this trusted advisor or we call that we we actually calling ourselves personal trainers uh, because we are coming there on the weekly basis and we're making them move forward and, and fix their posture so it's all about making them uh, be very well equipped with everything they need in order to speak to the development teams and Grant, I liked your um, kind of a metaphor about the, the chef. So we, we're also going to the market and buying all the ingredients. Exactly. Right? So yes. we're selecting those best tomatoes um, to make sure right. the recipe would, would uh, taste the best it can taste. So it's, that's a, I mean, I was, you know, I didn't want to keep running with it too much, but that's what I was thinking. You know, the recipe that you've been using calls for tomatoes. But the tomatoes you need to use are Roma tomatoes, not hothouse tomatoes, because the Romas are less water, more, you know what I mean? That those little nuances, when the recipe says tomatoes, I just go get tomatoes. And, yeah. and, and, and I think what exacerbates it in the cloud is what we were talking about at the beginning, that it is so fast. And let's face it, we all want to do the coolest, newest stuff. And that's where we really got our butts in a ringer because we we go up doing stuff we don't know how. Or we assume we know. Yeah. Or we assume we know, yeah. Cloud, uh, if, if you are, you know, making changes in the company who uses organizations versus the company who is not using organizations, the deployment of the same uh, fix or misconfiguration automation script yeah that we are delivering will be very different. And in That's some right. cases you can prevent stuff from the org level down. Sometimes you cannot, sometimes you can fix encryption uh, through the Terraform, but sometimes if it's already been not encrypted, you cannot. So it's mm. even uh, making sure that the variations or the versions of the fixes are um, aligned with the way the company runs their environment. Yeah. Uh, and with every portion of this environment, we've seen customers with three different types of environments in one uh, sub-organization because they have the legacy stuff, they have sure. uh, the, the company that, that they acquired and the yeah. stuff that they're building the new way, which is the most kind of advanced way that they thought would be the nice. So even in the same company, you need to deploy three different types of fixes for the same problem just because of the way and the historical configuration is being deployed. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, now I know you're referring to that spiffy. Wasn't that what it was called, yeah. Patrick? That's yeah, right. We, 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 we had uh, another a previous guest, uh, Frederick. Uh, he's um, the co-chair at KubeCon, but he's also involved in the spiffy project, which is... Uh, Patrick can probably explain it better, but it's, you know, this whole idea of, of jumping up above and being able to uh, have identities be federated across multiple clouds. It's, it's yeah. really pretty, in is that kind of right? Patrick? It is, it's like single sign-on for apps. Yeah, it's, it's app identity that is uh, obfuscated one level above cloud providers, right? And um, another enabling sort of technology that helps, I think, uh, software publishers build apps for the quote unquote super cloud. I mean, does a lot more than that, but that's kind of one of the panacea things, right? But one of the things I wanted to ask you, since we looked at your background, Marina, you have this really unique combination of products and services. 
And now Tam Noon sounds like it's this really unique combination of both a product and a service. That's what is that combination? If I'm a Tam Noon customer, do I have something to log into and to look at, or is it all kind of led by that, that human touch? No, you absolutely have a platform. And this platform is oversimplified version of a dashboard with a Kanban board. And basically what we are providing you as a customer is the progress, like the ROI, what you have achieved, we, we give you a sense of how many things were triaged for you um, and the tasks, the weekly top priorities, which we give you um, in the pace that your team can handle. And we know how to kind of uh, define what that level of um, we kind of, uh, of uh, the load balancer. We only give you enough uh, to keep you engaged and, and work, but we don't overwhelm you. So you kind of uh, uh, drowning in the amount of tasks that, that you have in your dashboard. So that is the customer view. On the backend side, my team, the services delivery um, team, they have their own platform that allows them to triage for the customer, um, to to do all of the um, kind of a preparation for those automations and, and um, inputs that we are feeding into our platform are done through their kind of a uh, delivery platform. Most of it is transparent to the customer, uh, but stuff that we don't want them to, to feel like they are being overwhelmed with is hidden um, because we want just a very clean and, and simplified version of the dashboard. Uh, just because we know that people brain cannot handle complexity, especially in the environment where we have so many distractions and so much uh, um, technology constantly giving us signals. We just want to, to lower the amount of uh, information and mm -hmm. just focus them on the stuff that matters. And each task is a, a 